On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to talk about a Trey Man injury update and how well Trey Man played against the Houston Rockets. We have a mailbag episode as well with all of your great questions, such as Josh Giddey's improvements and is Lou Dort's scoring streak legit or not. Also, we're going to talk about how Mark Dagnut will not travel with the Thunder this weekend, and so Dave Bliss will be the acting head coach and preview the Bucks game that happens tonight. So a lot to get to, a lot to get done. Locked on Thunder on the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on Lockdown Thunder Podcast on Lockdown Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod and even email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by McDonald's, we're going to talk about Trey Mann's game against the Rockets, his injury update. Mark will miss the weekend road trip a mailbag Friday, and a preview of tonight's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. But again, this podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's the unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for being there for us. I'm loving it. What a day. What a recap. Let's start with Trey Mann because he deserves a ton of credit from his game against Houston. Uh, but of course, you know, as a daily show, we were able to spread this out and share him some love at the top of the show on this podcast. You can go back and listen to the full Houston recap from yesterday's show and subscribe for free on all platforms, including on YouTube, because we are Locked on Thunder, a daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, here for you every single morning, every single day. Now, Trey Mann was the first player off the bench for Mark Dignott against the Rockets. Really fun player to watch. Two for four. One for three from deep, two for two at the line, a rebound, a steal, seven points in just 10 minutes of, a- of action. And then he came up lame holding his ankle with an ankle injury. But I really like him in that role for this Thunder team and hope that he gets more run with the NBA squad. I think that we're still a little bit away from him being a legitimate sixth man, um, maybe more so towards March. You know, We'll see that come to fruition as being his permanent role for the remainder of that season at that point. But I think that for now, you're going to start seeing him bouncing back and forth still, even as he has a really good game against the Houston Rockets. So I was impressed with him, though, in his limited action. And, and it was it was uh, sad to see him have an ankle injury. But Mark did say uh, after practice today that Trey Mann is day-to-day with an ankle injury. He presented well this morning, better than they thought he would, but still a little swelling and uh, some injury there to his ankle. He's not on the injury report, but that can change. We're, we're recording this Thursday night, so that can change, you know, throughout these next couple of hours uh, leading up to tip-off. But as of now, he's not an injury report. And then Mark also said, uh, hey, do not be surprised if he goes back to the Oklahoma City Blue uh, relatively soon, as that's a part of the, the plan and a part of, you know, the, the kind of developmental plan they laid out for him before the year, and they're kind of sticking to that uh, no matter really what. So it's not like a demotion based on play or anything. It's just a part of the plan that they put in place for him as a player. Now, the most interesting thing that happened from the post-practice media availability is that Mark Dagnott has said that he will not pra- uh, he will not participate this weekend and not travel this weekend to the road trip. The Thunder have a back-to-back on Friday against the Bucks, and then Saturday 
against the Celtics. Of course, it's it's also uh, sad that Mark can't go to the uh, Celtics game Saturday. I know that it's always fun to coach or play or whatever in front of your family and friends, which is you know in that Massachusetts area where Mark grew up. But it's for a great reason. Uh, Mark is staying back in Oklahoma City because his wife Ashley uh, is set to have their baby anytime now. So congratulations to Mark. Uh, if he's for some reason listening to this podcast, congratulations uh, on the birth of their child, which will happen anytime soon. And it's just another example, as Mark pointed out, of how this organization is so hands-on and, and family first, and they truly practice what they preach in, in that instant with Sam Presti and Clay Bennett, both being on board with this decision. So congratulations again to Ashley and to Mark Dagnall about uh, their birth of their child everything hopefully hoping everything goes well uh, and everything's a success of course uh, so we'll see when that happens and when he rejoins the team but again it's just a a testament to the thunder actually putting their money where their mouth is because it's very easy to say that you're all about family and all about this or that and then they're not really come through for people uh, in their time of need and the thunder did that for mark and so you saw it last year with Al horford who left the team for the birth of his child as well you know, the, the thunder really take care of people in these kind of big moments in their life and that's that's a great thing for any employer it, it, it's again we know they get paid a ton of money we know that they're entertainment but they're also employers and so how would you feel if your employer uh didn't accommodate you in this time of need so it's great that the thunder are doing that for everyone from players to coaches and all that fun stuff uh, now in his absence Dave Bliss will be the Thunder coach and the head coach. Now, it's not the Dave Bliss that you might be thinking of. He's the nine-year uh, assistant coach for Oklahoma City. That stint was broken up. He went to the Knicks at one point. But nonetheless, he's been here for three straight years. He was on Billy Donovan's last staff and has been on Mark's staff these last two years. Uh, and I believe he coached the Summer League team once, if I'm not mistaken, or twice. Uh, so that's awesome as well. Uh, and as we talked about the storyline about Mark not going to Massachusetts, not going back to Boston, uh, Dave Bliss is from the uh, uh, Milwaukee area, if I'm not mistaken. So it'll be fun for him to be, kind of be the first time as an acting head coach uh, to kind of be in front of a lot of his friends and family. I'm sure will be packing uh, the Verizon Center. No, it's not the Verizon Center. It's the Pfizer Center. I, I'm not sure what they call the place in Milwaukee anymore. Uh, I used to know all the arena names. I don't anymore. But nonetheless, uh, it was sad to see that the Thunder did not call my number. I mean, I am an undefeated upwards head coach in basketball. I, I run a mean four corner offense. Uh, I, I think that I could have done the job for, for a few days. They, they have my number. They have my contact info. Uh, I was a bit saddened to hear. I was not the next in line, uh, but understandable, understandable. Got to keep grinding to keep my head down. Uh, Got to come up with some better plays. And eventually, eventually we'll be there. Eventually we'll pace the sidelines at the Baycom center. Now, well, actually, there won't be the pickups in this weekend, but still, nonetheless, great for Dave Bliss to get that opportunity and great for Mark to have the opportunity to be there uh, with Ashley for the birth of their child. And again, congratulations. Uh, this always is a great moment and hope that everything goes great. Always love the uh, family-friendly moments like that one. This episode, though, is just getting started because we have mailback questions talking about Trey Mann, Josh Giddy's growth, Lou Dort, is he a second option offensively? Can he be that number two option? The Thunder team building a strategy when it comes to playing small and also fun lineups that we still want to see. Marcus had a ton of lineups already this season. It's hard to keep track of them all. Luckily, our friends over at Cleaning the Glass do a great job with that for us. But yeah, he already has a ton of great options uh, for a lineup. 
but we'll talk more about the, the, the kind of laps we might want to see that can entertain us the most when talking about player growth. And also, we still need our preview of the Bucks, the game overview, the what to watch for, the bet of the day, and the Moneyball pick. That's all coming up on Locked on Thunder, on the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is incredible, and it is for you because you love fantasy sports, you love daily fantasy sports, or at least you've always been interested in daily fantasy sports. I love it, and so are you. It's Prize Picks. It's the best NBA daily fantasy sport prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more than NBA props, more NBA props than any other daily fantasy prop operator, and they offer all the superstar players, but as well as the bench players who only record a handful of minutes. So that's a huge advantage for you who listen to this podcast and we get into the nitty-gritty of all these bench players and all these kind of role players for the Thunder and you watch every single game and you're involved with the Thunder, you can make some money on some of the market inefficiency on the numbers set uh, for Thunder bench players. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardages to touchdowns to points to assists, anything, and even interceptions thrown. All of our users that use our code will receive 100% instant match up to $100. So be sure to use the NBA promo code at Prize Picks and you're going to get a deposit match of 100% up to $100. You will pick two to five players, the over-under on their projected numbers, and win up to 10 times on your entry. It's simply you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks also allows for mixed sport entries. So you can take the over on LeBron James points and the under on Patrick Mahomes' yardages thrown in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on the App Store or Google Play Store. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals, so do not hesitate. Check out Price Picks and use the code NBA on your App Store or Google Play Store. Go download Price Picks today. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning. Every single day, we are here for you. Subscribe for free on all platforms, including the platform of YouTube. And do not forget, there's a ton of content on the Locked on Podcast Network for you to consume, like Locked on NBA, which on Fridays is hosted by Adam Morris and uh, Nick Engstead. You can go check them out for the grand scope of the NBA. You can go check out Locked on Bets, who's on a complete hot streak right now, and a free podcast is giving you free winners for you to go make free money. We love free. We love making money. So you're going to love Locked on Bets. Go check them out. Subscribe for free on all platforms. Both of those shows are free on all platforms in five days a week. So go check them out as well. Now, back into Locked on Thunder, the daily podcast by the Columbus City Thunder. We're going to talk now about the Friday mailbag, which you guys sent in some questions throughout the week. I want to answer them right now. So the first one from at MK325491. Will Trey Mann continue to be the first player off the bench? You know, I would hope so in general. But again, I think that this is something you see in February and January and not necessarily see right this moment, even though he had a really good showing against Houston. I really, really enjoy watching Trayman play. I think that it offers great, um, you know, kind of development, developmental points for him. So I think that we'll see it for sure later on in the year where he kind of just fully takes over that sixth, seventh man role where he's in that first wave of substitutions for Mark. But I'm not sure if it'll happen instantly as in like this weekend, but I think it will happen in general as we progress through this season. Uh, a nice question from Thunderguy69 on Twitter. Will Josh Giddy's struggles be resolved uh, with time, or are there any areas uh, that concerned about or needs to work on specifically? 
I actually wrote an article on thunderousintentions.com about Josh Giddy's shooting splits. Uh, that's kind of the only area of his game where you can truly kind of pick apart his game a little bit. Uh, it's been a fantastic showing from Josh Giddy so far in his rookie season. There hasn't been really any areas to complain about besides those shooting splits, uh, and, and I'm not worried about them. Uh, yes, he needs to try to improve his jump shot. That's no secret. And by all accounts from everyone that I've talked to and, and all the public information that is out there, Josh Giddy is a very hardworking player. I know his TikToks are funny. I know he's got a young, fun personality. He's also a very hardworking basketball player. And so I think that with the Thunder team that develops players and with Josh Giddy's work ethic, uh, I have no concerns about him kind of growing as a player, as we've seen with Dort and other players. Uh, so, yeah, improving his shot percentages will, go, will do him wonders offensively. Um, I think that he's already creating gravity for himself and creating space for others and creating open shots for others. And it proves out in the numbers as the Thunder shooting splits from three leap off the page whenever he's in there versus when he's not in there. I believe it's like a 10 percentage point difference from when Josh Giddey's on the floor how at, at the clip the Thunder make threes versus whenever he's off the floor. But he himself is not or is, he's not making a ton of threes himself or making a ton of jump shots himself. But I, I'm not too concerned. Number one, like you mentioned, he's young. So with time, he'll adjust to the NBA. He'll get a shot down. He talked about how in the NBL last year, he had a shooting slump to start the season, which really hold it down, you know, held down his percentages. But later in the year, his shot came around. Maybe he's a slow starter. We don't really know trends. And he doesn't know his own trends. He's only 18 years old, 19 years old. It's like, I think that it's kind of hard to kind of judge him this second. I, I, I think that the jump shot's the only area in which he needs a glaring overhaul. He's competitive defensively. And again, that comes with time with just developing your body better. He's, he's a nice defender at his size. He's a great rebounder, a great passer. He just lacks in that shooting department, but he has shooting upside. And, and I, I think that with his game, uh, as I point out in the article, which you can go read in for all the numbers and kind of the data points, but uh, jo- but Jason Kidd's a great uh, kind of comparison for Josh Giddy. I, I think that uh, they can be used in similar ways. I think that the shooting percentages, how they were low for kid at the start of his career then kind of raised up towards the end and it helped him become a top 75 player of all time <laughs> is, is a great comparison for Josh Giddy. But, but yeah, I think that Josh Giddy's focus point will be shooting and you just kind of see how that develops with time. Uh, I'm not ready to say that he's a terrible shooter or that he can't shoot or, or anything like that because it's just simply too early. Let's give him an off season to work. Let's give him two off seasons to work. And then in year three, four, five, if we're still having these conversations about kind of low efficiency from shooting, from the three ball, from the mid range, whatever, then it start. You know, it's time to concern, but not right now for a nineteen year old kid, in my opinion. So yeah, that that's kind of my feelings on Josh Giddy and his improvement. From at No Limit Brando, Lou has turned into uh, the second option recently. What do you think his ceiling is if this continues? Lou Dort's ceiling is fascinating to me. Um, I, I I think that Mark said it best today after practice, saying that you know you don't want to put a ceiling on on anybody, but especially a guy like Lou Dort who works so hard because. They're always going to crash through it. Um, but I think that Lou Dort, if he can continue the scoring output, um, will be similar to a Drew Holiday type of player, um, maybe even a Jalen Brown type of player. Lofty goals, but uh, he's really improved on that side of the basketball floor. Uh, but he's got to be consistent about it. He, he's got to continue this improvement and still make strides. Uh, this can't be it for him, but it's on the it's on a great trajectory right now. Um in my opinion, uh, I've been talking to people in the media and outside of the media about, about Lou Dort. In my opinion, if he levels off right now and what we have seen this year and last year is who he is, 
does not grow anymore. In my opinion, he's the caliber of player that's a starter on a title team. You can use him as a start in a starting role on a team that is capable of winning a championship. And to get that return on investment on an undrafted guy is unheard of. I think that unlike Andre, unlike Tapasifalosha, unlike uh, other players on, on across the NBA, across the NBA landscape, not just the Thunder, but those are examples that Thunder fans can easily resonate with. Unlike those kind of players uh, who are liabilities a bit in the starting five, and you might not have wanted to start them, but you really had no other choice. Lunor can be a bona fide starter who helps you on each other on the floor, is elite defensively, is a good player offensively, and is a lock for that starting unit. And again, to get that return by using none of your assets, not a draft pick, not a trade, hoarding all your assets and still having a bargain contract, you're going to have to pay them on eventually, obviously. But to get that is unheard of, and it's just already through the through the roof. So anything more than this takes him from, in my opinion, already a player who is capable of starting and being a starting-level player on a team that wants to win a championship. Anything past that, you're, you have to talk about all-star you have to talk about all defensive, which is already there for him, but all-star uh, you know, and, and higher ceiling than that. Because to me, the evolution is a bench player, a role player, a sixth man, a starter, a starter on a good team, a starter on a championship team, and then a star, like a superstar, all-star, star, that, that upper echelon. That's, that's kind of how the uh, hierarchy works for me, uh, just kind of in my brain. And so to me, he's already climbed that ladder from undrafted all the way up to this guy's a starter on a championship level team that you feel good about. You feel good about that starting spot. So anything more than this, then you have to start talking about the all-star level and kind of that level of, of game for him. So that's a ceiling if this continues, but that's still a big if. I, I don't want to put too much expectation on him because he's already done more than enough to get incredible return uh, on the investment the Thunder made in him. Uh, and, and he's made good on all of his kind of hopes and dreams of the NBA because he's he's in line for a big contract uh, whenever this one's over. Uh, and hopefully the Thunder take care of him. When this contract is over, I think that they will. Uh, and he is a legitimate NBA uh, force. Uh, the, this question also from not uh, No Limit Brando. Do you think that being a small ball team is going to be the identity of the Thunder moving forward? And can the Thunder win a championship in that capacity? Uh, so this part, this answer will probably stretch from this segment to the next segment, but also uh, let's start with identity moving forward. Yes, I, I think that the Thunder uh, have kind of made it clear with the, the uh, draft picks they've made, with the type of player they've brought in. Every player is very versatile. Every player is you know very um, playmaker-ish, <laughs> right? Like JRE can get out and run with a with rebound. We know Josh Giddy can run with his rebounds, and he's a bigger guard that rebounds and pushes the pace. Darius Baisley can get out and run with his rebounds. SGA, Lou Dort, all these core players that are going to be a part of your long-term nucleus rebuild can all do the same things. Positionless basketball, push the pace, get out and run. Like, all, all of them can do that. So I think that it's pretty clear that the Thunder are going to try this small ball style where uh, they're comfortable having JRE as the center. He plays bigger than he is and does all those things. And not necessarily Jerry himself, right? Like maybe he's not your long-term starting center whenever you want to win a championship. I don't think that he is. Um, but as much as I love Jerry, you know that I do not bash Jerry very much. He's one of my favorite players on this team. But uh, you know, you do want to improve that position if you can. Uh, I think that still, though, they, they are not hell-bent on having a traditional center. They're fine if that position goes to a positional upgrade or, or a personnel upgrade. That's still that small ball style that's not your – slogging big man. So they're comfortable with it. 
And in terms of can it win a championship, that's the big question mark. Can it even work? Is, you know, is it another one? It's it's worked better than I thought it would already uh, w- with the roster construction that there is now. As you upgrade, and I think that JRE is a huge upgrade. I think that JRE, to be clear on what I just said, uh, could be a starting level player in this league for a long time. And at worst, right, hear me out, at worst, he'll be a seventh man in the NBA, like somebody who's that high up on the pecking order on your rotation, sixth, seventh man in your rotation. So JRE is going to be awesome in this NBA landscape, especially in this small ball five you know, kind of position with his floor spacing ability. Um, but even if Jerry's not your starter long-term, I think they still want to have that small ball five happen and, and play smaller and play more versatile. Um, can it work is a great question. And, and to be honest with you, no one really knows yet. N- now I'll say in terms of this plan, I, I support hundred uh, percent not to be like a homer or anything with the thunder. It's just that, when you try to win a championship, it's very hard. No matter who you are, what team you are, whoever you're in charge of, right? If you're in charge of an organization, it is hard when they win a title. Now it's incredibly hard to win a title if you're a small market team. And then it's incredibly hard to win a title if you're a small market team in Oklahoma City. So to do that, you have to be extraordinary at your job. And part of that is either A, having that string of luck where you draft three straight MVPs, which you can't bank on. Not that Sam Presti isn't good at finding talent. It's just that look at the draft classes. Oftentimes they're just up and down. Well, there, there aren't three straight MVPs in draft classes available for you uh, a lot of the times. Um, so it, it's hard to bank on drafting three straight, three straight MVPs. So beyond that, what, what can you do as somebody who's in charge of a team uh, to help you win a championship outside of just hoping you nail your draft picks it's by finding the market inefficiencies. It's by finding out, hey, nobody's exploiting the corner three. Nobody's nobody's shooting the threes at a high enough clip for what they are worth mathematically. Let's just blitz in threes and outscore everybody. That's a market inefficiency that a team cashed in to help them win a championship. And for the Thunder, they're trying to say, okay, well, what if we just went ultra small and gave somebody a new look that they haven't seen before and did it better than the Rockets tried to do it with their weird construction roster, can that win? Is this where we can find the edge where we can find undervalued players? And I think that you're seeing right now that you can get centers for pretty cheap who are competent and who can help you win, but you can't get the guards. You can't get the forwards. You can't get the playmakers um, in a place like Oklahoma city without paying a pretty penny. And that's why you're going to draft those players and hit on those players. And then worry about download players later on. But it, it, to me, it just reminds me of Moneyball, where the Oakland A's searched for, okay, what's that area? What's that kind of hidden gem that teams are not worrying about and, and are not kind of focusing on while you're worried about the home run, you're worried about the RBI? What about just getting on base and then working from there? Because you can't score if you're not on base. And what about you know, kind of looking at that angle of it? And so I think that's what the Thunder are doing. And it could, it could fail, um, but I think it'll be – a more concerted effort to play positionless than any team has ever done before. Uh, Houston Rockets tried to do it to the best example so far that we have, but I think it'll be even more calculated than that. I think that, that was not really calculated. It was just kind of a, a happenstance thing. This will be a calculated plan to try to get an edge long-term. And so we'll see. We'll see. The NBA could shift on a dime where it shifts back now to traditional big men because the trends in the NBA are unpredictable. It's why Serge Ibaka 
was the pick over James Harden because at the time, Ibaka is such a valuable player. It, and I know that it's not, it's not correlate one to one of or picking Ibaka over Harden. It's not what I mean when I say that. It's just that that Ibaka was such a great player, and then in an instant he had to change how he played, and he did that flawlessly. Um, you know, the league kind of shifted on the, on the Thunder and other teams whenever they shifted out to playing more spacing bigs, and Ibaka did a great job, job of that. Nonetheless, though, it's, it's trying to find that kind of next shift. We've had the three-point evolution. We've had all these evolutions in the NBA going back to Bob Cousy to now. What's the next one going to be? And the Thunder hope that the next one is small ball and that they are the first ones to get there, that they have won the arms race. They've won the kind of uh, ground hunting race on the evolution front. But first, before we get into the preview of the Bucks game and finish out the mailbag, we're going to talk about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your next order. Built Bar is incredible. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bar. Built Bar has the new holiday desserts that you want to feast on something delicious that also feels good about it. One slice of pie has over 130 calories. On the low end, most Built Bars have only 130 calories on them. So replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar or the raspberry built bar to replace raspberry pie. A lot of good flavors to replace any pie, low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein covered in hundred percent real chocolate built bar is the great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving is not coming soon enough, cover built bar or two and show your family members at family, at family gatherings about built bar. If they do not know about it yet. And remember that there's gonna be surprises all month long at builtbar.com. from sales to new flavors to everything you can ask for at BuiltBar.com, and do not forget to use our code LOCK15. Our code LOCK15 gets you 15% off of your order at BuiltBar.com. We are back on Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Now, let's talk more about this mailbag, and then we'll get into the Bucks preview. Uh, the next question comes from at Bryson Knows More. Is it time to consider Lou Dort a legit second option on this team? Uh, is the streak real or going to fall off? Uh, on, on this question... This team, as in like this team, like the like the 20, 21, 22 Thunder, yeah, sure. Second option uh, sounds about right. Uh, now, this team, as in this organization, like long term, trying to build the championship team, uh, I'm not ready to go there yet with Lou Dort about him being a second scoring option when this team is flushed out and ready to compete and is like go time where we're, we're, we're taking as a distant, distant memory and there's nobody clamoring for taking anymore and it's all about go, go, go playoffs title go uh I, i'm not ready to go there yet but this team if that's your question yes I, I think that i think that um he is the second option as of now and it's shown that way is this streak real or is it going to fall off uh, another great question and i hate to answer this way i know it's not the kind of sexy podcast answer but I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just create a take for the sake of creating a take it's just simply wait and see i, I think that we've seen a ton of encouraging stuff from lou dort this season uh, stuff that, that, that I think is tangible you can take with you and translate into uh, kind of you know, c- kind of translate into next season and, and future developmental growth. For example, th- those numbers that, that I want to see improve, rim percentage, career high in rim percentages. He's improved so much at the rim that he went from 51% last year and 55% his rookie year to now 65% this year, which is good enough to be about average for his position, which before, such as last year, is in the 12th percentile at the rim. 
So that, that is a huge leap at the rim from a guy who started slow at the rim this year. Even he's already corrected those numbers so much. He's in the 90th percentile in uh, short mid range shots and 95th percentile in all encompassing mid range jumpers, a career high 60% from the mid range, a career high 55% from the long mid range and a career high 62% from the short mid range. He's shooting 40% from the corner three. He's only shot 10 of them. Uh, and then of course, his three point uh, percentages is back down to his rookie number at 29%, but he shot very, very poorly early on in a sense, uh, kind of right at that wrong in this recent stretch. So the big thing to me is rim percentage. Ludor is too much of a, of a just complete fire hydrant, as Michael Cage would say, to struggle at the rim. And, and, and you want to see him get to the rim and finish more because he's a good free throw shooter. So if you hack him and foul him, as you're going to tend to do with this six, four fire hydrant, he's going to cash in at the line. So, the, the fact that we've seen this huge leap from the rim percentage, even as he started out slow, and so he's already kind of twisted those numbers back around through these 14, 15 games, is a big deal to me. And I think that that is a clear sign that this streak will not fade out. Now, will it be 34 points tonight? No. Uh, but it can be around, you know, he can be around that 17, 18, 19, 20 points per game player with elite defense. Then I would say the streak, if that happens, I would say the streak is legitimate and, and that and that he really has come a long way offensively, and I think that the numbers so far are bear, are uh, are bearing that out. And those numbers, of course, are courtesy of our friends over at CleaningTheGlass.com. Uh, so, of the answers your question, I, I, I answered both of them just in case I did not answer the right one. So, uh, whichever answer that I did there, uh, thank you for your question. Uh, at Teardrop Helm, as we continue the season, we will start to lose more games. I assume what tanking lineup would be the most entertaining? This is a fun question. We'll see how the Thunder do long-term. Uh, but to me, when we talk about lineups, I'm a sucker for like funky, weird, just obnoxious lineups. <laughs> and just in general, ag- across all uh, NBA teams, not just the Thunder or not just kind of teams who aren't trying to win championships. Uh, but to me, with, the th- with, the th- with this Thunder team, excuse me, the beauty of the construction is that there's not, many players who you just don't care about. So if you flip this question on its head, what would be the most boring lineup to throw out there? And to me, that, that question is answered with, you know, putting, you know, Gabriel Deck, Paul Watson Jr., Kenneth Williams, Mike Muscala, and then you kind of find that one more vet, Derek Favors, like that'd be a really weird lineup. Like, those are five players that don't really matter long-term. Muscala matters off the court long-term, but Paul Watson Jr., Gabriel Duck, Derek Favors, they don't really have like that upside and immediate like uh, developmental plan. And then Kenneth Williams matters long-term, but not in the same sense, right? So of that group, two of those guys matter long-term in different ways. So for Muscala, it's more off the court, culture setting stuff. For Kenny Hustle, it's on the court. He's a very good player and is, a, I think, a part of the Thunder future on the court. But he is what he is. He's not going to grow as a player. He's not going to kind of become this brand new ball player to where we know what he can do. We know how he can play. So it's kind of boring to watch him play with that lineup whenever there's no real chance for something amazing to happen. He's going to do his job. He's going to play very well. He's going to continue to be a great hustle player that you want on your team forever, that you wish you had 15 of, right? But for entertainment purposes, I'd rather see a lineup that had SGA, Trey Mann, Pokoshevsky, you know, Jerry, and all these other fun players in it uh, that, that have that 
high, high ceiling and have a low floor for Bogoshevsky and other players uh, you know, that, that could get exposed, but it's still fun to watch uh, guys like Josh Giddy play more so uh, than the elder statesman on this roster. So for me, I would love to see like a, a weird SGA man, Giddy, Pokoshevsky, Baisley lineup. Uh, I think that that'd be a lot of fun. And I mean, like get like a ton of sample size on that lineup. Uh, Cause I really want to see Baisley that's mobile five position, uh, which he's played a little bit this season. Um, not, not too much, but a little bit this season. I think that it's a, it's an area that he can thrive. He's played 17 possessions at the small ball five. He's played the small ball five with SGA, uh, Ty Jerome, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, and also SGA, Ty Jerome, Lou Dort, and Kenny Hustle. Then also SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Kenny Hustle, and Basil Wicker at the uh, five. So he's played 17 possessions that way. Whenever, whenever Darius Pace is small, uh, small ball five, they are a plus 58.8 differential. Uh, they have some of their best offense. Uh, scoring 129 points per possession. Uh, they shoot the ball very well at a 68% effective field goal percentage. So I would love to see Baisley play this mobile five more. I've, I've pounded the table for that for the entire time I've hosted this podcast, going back to May prior to the bubble up until now. I've pounded the table for Baisley to play small ball five. So that would be my personal uh, favorite option for the Thunder as they continue the season with fun young players. Now for the Bucks preview real quick, uh, I'll do at the injury report. Again, whenever it gets released for Friday, but Taylor Madeline's out, but Critchie's out, and Paulson Jr.'s out with the G League. Trey, Trey Mann, as of now, is on the injury report, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, Sandro and Brooke Lopez and Dante DiVincenzo are all out for the uh, Bucks. What to watch for? Shea bouncing back from a shooting efficiency slump a little bit. Uh, Lou Dort's offensive production, which we've been a theme of this podcast for uh, the entire time. And then Jerry playing versus a bigger team. We love to see what he can do there. And then does Dave Bliss change anything about the rotation at all? I don't think he will. I think that the rotation is set organizationally. I think that they're kind of all in line and kind of agree on what the rotation will be. I don't think that it'll change anything, but it's still fun to watch for. The better the day, Oklahoma City plus 12 and a half. And the money ball pick is SGA. I think that he breaks out in a big way against Milwaukee. So thank you for listening to Lockdown Thunder, making it your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Cannot wait for tonight to recap the Bucks game and then Saturday night re- recapping the Celtics game. A lot of fun stuff to get to subscribe for free on all platforms. So you never miss an episode. We're here for you every single day talking better basketball and until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.